bhavatu sahanavunantu sahaviryam karvavahai tejasvinavati tamastamave vishavahai om shanti shanti Welcome everyone to this evening's group discussion. Um, so no one's posted any questions, so I'm going to ask the group if there's if they have any questions, general or relating to Sunday's class or any class or any topic that you'd like to discuss. It may not be um, something we've covered. Does have any anyone have any uh, anything they'd like to, to discuss? Dermesh, were you there on Sunday? Dermesh? Uh, no, I wasn't. Okay. You've not heard the lecture? I did actually. Okay, great. I, I listened to it later in the evening. Fine. Any any clarifications on it? No, no, I understood it quite well. Great. As always, you know, it's quite the shame it's not on video, so just listening to it. But okay. because you've got the book with you, you're just following it along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I have one question. Great. Vasna. Yeah. Where do they come from? Where do they come from? Where do the Vasnas come from? And who created them? Who created Maybe them? Who? That's a deep that question. Seems, that, that seems to be the most important question. Because that's what controls us. Yeah. Because petrol is petrol. Where, yeah. where does petrol come from? Hmm? <laughs> Atma. The Atma is just the energy to get us going. It petrol, where does it come from? Yeah, but it's the vastness that control us. Hmm. It gives us desires. I think that's what, I think is my new question. Because before it was, how do I know the inner soul is there? If, if I accept the inner soul is there, why is, why is, why is this other bit taken over then? Why is that other bit taken over? That, that's my question now. That's a good question. It's been bugging me for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. But you know, I thought, you know, as we go along, we'll probably get an answer, but we haven't yet. Yeah. And it's such a big topic. I didn't want to ask it as a side question. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. Does uh, anyone have any uh, clarifications to Dhanush's question? Where do, I mean, it's a question, it's a question, where do Vasanas come from? I mean, it's a very deep question. Um, it's not something we've covered yet, but does anyone have any? Uh, we can talk about it generally. I was going to say, um, I think Arunanti had this question a few last week, maybe, or the week before, if you remember. Yeah. Um, I think I can't remember it exactly, but it was along that Arunaben, did you have that question before? Where do Vastness come from? I asked the same question two weeks ago, actually, on a Wednesday question and answer. And I hope you're not going to ask me to answer that. <laughs> but did <laughs> I? Did we answer it? The, to be fair, you, you said, said that it was it, one minute, Dharmesh. Dharmesh, one minute. Sorry, I don't know. I think we said that um, they are inherent uh, characteristics and that they follow us from one lifetime to another, but it's what forms our personalities and i think that's just that i took away from that um and that we mustn't let it control us and that the way not to let it control us is to have no desire mm -hmm. okay and well all right well why don't we all just take a minute to think about it where do vastness come from don't sorry you wanted to add something to that we we, we covered it slightly on that day and you said it was so deep that you didn't want to get into it okay so i think i want to go into it deeper today as there are no other questions <laughs> I, I need to know as much as i can learn about it yeah as much as you know about it okay and then once you learn then what hopefully i'm enlightened i can tell you <laughs> You want a shortcut? <laughs> Nothing's short in life. 
But if you don't know, you, you always ask him, what's on the other no, side of the globe? But you have to yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, knowledge makes you, it takes you on the path to enlightenment at the end of the day. So anybody um, has any uh, comments for Dharmesh? Where do, so first of all, we are born because of our vasanas. We understand that. Vasanas manifest as thoughts, desires, and action. It is our nature, our inclinations. It makes us who we are. Everyone is different because of their vasanas. Yeah, so we're all clear on that. So then where do they originate from? Aruna Ben said that we discussed last time and we, we said that they come from our past lives. Yeah, and we either add or take away during this lifetime to be continued in the next life. So, Dharmesh, is your question, where do they originate from in the first place? Okay. Yes, originally, they must have started from somewhere. So, okay. did we, were we born with no desires and suddenly got desires? You're only born because of desires. Yeah. Then, these, these desires must have come from somewhere then. Okay. So. Are, are they another form of our Atma? Is it what, sorry? Is it another form of our atma? Okay, Maybe well, atma let's take the original question, where do vasanas come from? Keep it simple. Okay. Yeah. So does anyone have any clarifications to Dhanush's question? It's an open forum, this, yeah? There is no right or wrong. Any, anyone can come up with a suggestion, okay? Uh, there's no judgment here. Because there isn't a definitive answer to this question. Where do vasanas come from? In other words, why are we born? Isn't it? Please. Um, are we born because of our vasanas? which would mean that they came first. We are born because of our vasanas. If we didn't have vasanas, we wouldn't be born. So it's like chicken and egg. <laughs> you got it in one. <laughs> Any other questions, additions to the mesh question? Anyone has any input? Is it because, yeah, I was going to say, is it because we are born because of our unfruitful desires and we seem to be accumulating them as we, so each lifetime, the, the whole idea is that we uh, work towards having no desires, material desires, attachments, and things like that. And that yeah. as, as our lifetime goes and the, the fewer desires we have, and then the ultimate goal, I suppose, is that you become one with God or, you know, with your inner self and you become yeah. self-realized. So, you know, the one thing that did strike me, you know, when you when we were doing the vast, that topic was that if you have good vasanas, then you, 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 do, you, you do good things or and if you have bad vasanas. So it almost felt to me like it's a personality trait and those personality traits have to be good personality traits in order to do to to do, you know decrease them as you go yeah. along from one lifetime to another okay Does everyone hear that any other additions on vasanas well uh according to my understanding whether it's vasanas or karma it's accumulated karma that we are carrying forward. Once you come into a realization that I need more positive karmas and remove the positive and negative karma of vasana, and we work to a goal that we untying our own knots and lengthening our string, 
So every time you will rebirth, you will have less and less of your vasanas and free yourself from mm -hmm. coming as any form. Okay. Interesting. We come because we have unfinished business with whatever we've been in our past lives. So I've come across somebody who I've hurt or who I haven't paid my debts or maybe a lot of reasons that I don't understand. And I may come across, say somebody on the street, just to say, hi, hello, I don't know the person from anywhere, but just mm -hmm. having a conversation is through my previous, my past lives that maybe I haven't said something to that person or unfinished business. So okay. you're just tying up, you're just finishing up, you're balancing your debt. Okay, okay. balancing your debt. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, just a clarification for um, Dhanmesh. Is it that, are you asking sort of, because I've always had this question as well, it's like we know that we carry them forward, we know that we're trying to get rid of them and, and all of those things that um, everyone said already, but it's more like the question, I think, if I'm correct, is where did they come from step one? Where's the, where did they come from, like the package that we are carrying on throughout all the lives? Because we know that we've moved on with them, we're lessening them or, you know, creating more and we carry them through each life. But what was day one or what was step one when we had those, those to begin, begin the journey with, basically? Exactly, exactly. How did it start? Because if you don't have vasanas, you don't have desire. No desire, no need to be here. <laughs> and that's the important question. So, you know what you what exactly you are asking is, uh, where does creation come from? That is what you're asking. In other words, where is why why? Why is there this creation of this world? Where did it come from? This is exactly what you're asking. You're not asking, where did my first fastener come from? You're asking, why is this world created? Does everyone understand? That's actually what you're asking. Yes, probably, yes. Yeah, because first, if your fastener's first fasteners gave you this birth, then that means all fasteners created people in this world, yeah? So where did they all come from? Where did this world come from? Who created this universe? This is exactly what you're asking. Because wherever you came from, your first fasana, that's how the world was created, in the same way. Million dollar question. Anybody else has any uh, contributions? Uh, Dharmesh, God became bored, so he made, he played a game. <laughs> That's where we all came from. <laughs> you may laugh about it, but you're not far wrong, actually. What did she say? God is playing a game and uh, created. <laughs> actually, you're not far off. See, the way I see it is because I understand the Atma is here and that's the power source. So I know we call Vasana are, are, are different or they're, they're unique to us. But are they actually a part of the Atma in some way? And I, I think that it probably is. Okay. I, I don't think they're independent because we keep talking about the Atma doesn't care, doesn't this, but it may do. What's your definition of Atman, first of all, from your understanding? A droplet in an ocean. Yeah, which is the example we gave on Sunday. Exactly. So, you're the drop. Pure energy, soul. You're Maybe, the drop. Yeah, I'm the drop. Maybe it needs something else to react with the world. Maybe it wants to react with the world. 
maybe I'm not, I'm not saying this, what, what your book is correct or incorrect. Maybe it has a connection to us, through the vastness. I'm just saying, because otherwise, why would it create vastness to create, to interact with us in the world? Maybe it wants to interact. Yeah. So, it's a deep thought. Can I add something to that? Yeah. Yes. I, after reading a couple of uh, what we're doing, when we keep saying Atman, 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 the question came to me as well, what is Atman? Mm -hmm. The Atman is the pure spirit, mm -hmm. the pure energy. We, friends, I'm going to give an example. When somebody passed away and they left, we say, because it's the body has been left here and our, that's called the jiv, the living thing. And the atma that was residing in the body has just left the body. So we say jivatma gyo. Mm -hmm. So it is one and the same thing, but it's still separate because he's going to look for another body or a different entity or a different building to reside in and do what he needs to do. But at the end of the day, it's like Dharma says, we came as a body. So the Atman has chosen this body. So enama jivaiva, hence we say jivatma. Okay. All right. Any other additions? Yeah, Sittal has a addition question. So I don't know where the first vasana came from in order for us to then have life. But following the life that whichever first life we ever had, as human beings, we have a choice of action. And depending on the choices that we made is what has built our inherent tendencies and vastness that have uh, followed us. Now, I don't know how many lives I've had or, you know, will have, but from my understanding, you know, in the, in the choice of action that we have, that's how we build them up. And that's, Okay. Anybody else? Sashi, anything to add? Um, just listening to this, um, aren't we only born once as a human being? And it is this life that we have to reach liberation and, you know, do all the good things and everything. So in previous births are we not supposed to have been some sort of species or another or animal human species but i thought we were only born once as human that's not what i've that's not something i've come across if i'm honest with you okay it's been mentioned elsewhere that you know and that's why we're sort of told right this is your last chance to you know, come out of the rebirth cycle? Um, I don't, I have not come across that, if I'm honest with you, um, in which teaching they, they teach that. But um, you will continue human births. Okay. We may have many human births before this, and we may have many human births after this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once you reach a human birth, it's difficult to degenerate into a species. Okay. According to Vedanta, by the way. Mm -hmm. So when our people say, okay, 
આપણે શાસ્ત્રની ગાય તો આપણે કાગડાના જે કાગડાનો અવતાર લે હું દેટ્સ ઓલ હિયરસે I personally I don't I haven't read the sastra so I can't really comment no, on it. This is this is what they say. <laughs> okay. So anyway we we we're, we're talking about Dharmesh's question here. Where do vasanas come from? In other words what you're asking is why did God create this world? Doesn't the scriptures say that Brahma is Shrishti Banavi? Sorry, what was that, Ranavan? Uh, uh, our scriptures say that Brahma is Shrishti Banavi. That means mm. the world, Brahma made this world. But yeah. how did Brahma come to exist and all of that? And then we're going into the hierarchy of, you know, Devlok and, and then all of them, you know. So, so in a sense, that's where we start from and then even even the devtas all they also had um desires and ambitions and all of that so somehow we've all got entangled in all of that somehow, as as time has gone on hmm. anybody else any contribution where how why is this world created who created this world how was it created these are the questions you're asking makna how do you answer this question you don't <laughs> something is unknown and Hello, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, sorry, um, I'm just saying, obviously, with regards to the question which has been posed, like where the first Vasna came from. Yeah. It requires a lot of deeper study. Yeah. That you and I well know, and uh, with great respect, I think it's beyond the scope of this class. Yeah. and uh, i think we should be more concerned about dealing with our own vastness for our own spiritual development rather than where the origins of it where it came from mm -hmm. that's my opinion fair enough thank you anybody else want to add anything so where did the first vasna come from um kirk is absolutely right this is a question that is that is very difficult to answer it isn't can, we can answer this question vedanta does answer this question by the way but we may not find we may find it difficult to understand the answer you see you may find it difficult to understand the, the answer simply because we're not developed enough to understand it we can give an answer that's not a problem but it won't have any meaning to you it's like asking where where what came first as magna said chicken or the egg you can't answer that question it's beyond our scope of understanding and this is something that can be debated on and on and on so vedanta answers it and i'll answer it in the simplest form that brahman created this world this world is brahman and everything in it you are not separate from it you and god are one as we said it's like the example of the ocean everything in the ocean stays in the ocean is born in the ocean and it dies in the ocean yeah the ocean is one similarly this world this brahman universe is all brahman it's all one
Why did Brahman create the world? Because he can. Who, we're to, who, we are, who are we to question why did he create it? Because he can. Why did, why did, uh, why did a painter paint a painting? Because he can. And you have to accept it as that. Shilabin said he's playing a game. Would that help would that help understand that this is all a game? We're just players in this game. Or actors. We're all actors on stage. And the stage is this world. So very, you need a very deep understanding to be able to use the, um, to, to understand that and also then to help you develop and benefit from that answer, from the answer. You need to be at a further higher level of contemplation. Just answering that question won't help you until you come to understand yourself, why, what, what's, what's going on. This world is a stage. We're mere actors. We have our entrances and exits. But we get involved, even though we're acting. This is the problem. So, the first Vasna, Dramesh, created you as Dramesh. You've had many lives before, yeah? So the vasanas currently you have are a portion of your total vasanas. The vasanas that need immediate fulfilling is Dharmesh at the moment. You have many, many more vasanas in a pool which are waiting to be fulfilled. You have a choice from, from learning this subject, either to reduce the vasanas and go back to your original being, which is self-realization, the self, or you have a choice of creating more vasanas and keep on the path of reincarnation. Cycle of reincarnation. So this is the choice that you have, all of us have, So, as Kirk said, rather than trying to understand where the first vasanas came from, is to concentrate on reducing your vasanas and desires. So you can fulfill your goal as a human being, according to the scriptures. Does that help, Dhanush? A little bit. I need to study more. Definitely. Right answer. You need to study more in deep depth, but you, you have to be, you cannot, um, you cannot learn it overnight. Yeah. It's a step-by-step -step study and converting to wisdom, then you will develop and have a bit deeper understanding. You know, these great sages stay in the Himalayas and stay in caves and detach from the world. Just so they can answer, so they can understand this question. They do so much tapas just to answer, understand this question. Not that they don't know the answer, but for them to actually to convert that knowledge into wisdom, to be able to live that, they have to withdraw from the world and do tapas. So answering that question does not actually help you.
And um, just a clarification, the difference between Atman and Brahman, can anyone explain the difference between Atman and Brahman? We covered it last Sunday. Atman and Brahman. So Atman is the drop of water, the Brahman is the ocean. So you're the drop of water and this universe, this world is the, the ocean. ocean. Water in the ocean. Water and the drop and the water in the ocean is the same. Yeah. But as soon as you have an individuality, we say Atman, the Atman in you. But it's the same. It's like the river. The river is a separate entity. But once it joins the ocean, you cannot tell the water between between the river and the ocean. It's the same. You can't you can't dis differentiate the water from the river, from the ocean. It's the same thing. Similarly, we are the same. So the desires entangle you in this world. Any other clarifications, additions? Any other questions pertaining to life? This knowledge, what the world, anything at all that anyone would like to discuss? Sushi, anything you want to discuss? No, I'm good, thanks. Everyone looks tired today. Had a hard day. So, does everyone clear about the three states of consciousness we covered on Sunday? Because understanding that is what's going to help you develop, have a clear understanding of this subject. Is everyone clear on that? Three states of consciousness. And what the fourth state is. We actually cover um, the three states, waking, dream, deep sleep, in a bit more detail in the next chapter. Yeah, so we do go into it a, a lot deeper. But understanding that is crucial to our development, to our learning of Vedanta. Ben, any clarifications, questions? No, I was just thinking, I, I actually did find Sunday's topics a little bit um, difficult to understand. And then you went on to say we're going to be covering it further in the next few chapters. So Yeah, more yeah. deeper. Um, a, lot of it, a lot of it's covered a few times in different aspects. Um, right. But we need to get our, the, we need to understand the, um, the terminology. So like we use the terminology causal body, which is vastness, subtle body, which is mind and intellect, mm. gross body, which is the physical body. So there's a lot of reference to that afterwards as we get deeper into this, um, this subject. That'll be, that'll be good, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of it's covered many times so, because nobody's going to get it the first time. Yeah, there was a lot of re repetition of terminology as we go deeper. Because they know most people aren't studying, so we have to cover it again. Definitely. <laughs> See, they think of everything, these sages, when they write these books. So what actually um, is, when you have reincarnation, um, just a clarification from what Shilabin said, 
when you're reincarnated, when you're, it's not the Atman that chooses the body. Atman Brahman is all around. We function in the medium of that. Like fishes function, the uh, life in the ocean functions in the medium of water. A fish dies, it doesn't make any difference to the water. It's, it, it functions in the medium of the ocean, in the water. Similarly, we function in the medium of Atman Brahman in Brahman. So Atman doesn't die, is not born. Yeah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't, it, it, it has no desire to be born or not. It's we are born in that medium. It's our desires that choose the body. So we, you have chosen the environment that you are born in. Meghna, you have chosen your parents. So you can't blame them, yeah? And any, any, any idea why we chose the environment we're born in? Ramesh, any idea? Is it because it's the best form for our desires? Yes, absolutely. You choose the environment based on your desires. So that you can exhaust those desires. Does that make sense, Migna? It's you who choose the environment you're born in. Is there a link between that and the fact that they say that um, you know, we are there to fulfill a certain, you know, something that you might be owing to someone? And is that why, you know, why, why are we born in a particular household or to certain parents or have certain siblings? Um, I'm not sure if I'm honest with you. Um, I know that we're born based on in the environment where our desires take us. Now, um, as far as you, what you're talking about is debt you may owe to certain people in the past. So it could be that there's a desire to fulfill that. Um, but I'm not too sure about it, if I'm honest with you. You know, uh, we say that uh, it's because we owe a debt. Sorry, Meghna. Yeah. I was just going to say, in my opinion, if we're talking about our own vasanas and how they are for us and now, and it's difficult then to believe that we are there to fulfill other people's Vasanas in that sense, like if we owe someone, we don't really owe anyone because we have our own Vasanas. So it might be that they have a Vasana to maybe have a child that that sense. And then obviously your Vasana to be in a certain environment will be fulfilled while someone else's Vasana to have a child will be fulfilled as well. But that's sort of, that's a different sort of system that creates that, isn't it? It's not, I feel like to say it's, for someone else while you're born and things like that. If you wait, surely you were just born for our own, our own vastness. So um, thinking aloud uh, from what Aruna Ben you're saying, it's maybe another way of describing cause and effect. So you do something negative, what they're saying is you're gonna have to repay that debt because you've done some negative. Now we may justify it saying, oh, I owed him from the past life. I may have done something, yeah. So you may, that, that is how they may be justifying it or explaining it. But to me, it sounds like cause and effect. You do something positive, that will have an effect. You do something negative, it will have an effect. In the future, you don't know when. So that maybe is what, um, I don't know, ben, um, is what that might mean. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, last week you were saying that when our 
when we die is because our vasanas decide that we need to leave. Mm-hmm. But if you're hit by a car, mm-hmm. is that premature? Or if you're hit by a car, then that is when you're supposed to die. Okay. A baby is born and dies within a few days. How do you justify that? They only had X amount of vastness to exhaust, just to take birth. So when our body cannot exhaust anymore, cannot fulfill the vastness, then it dies. Magna. It's funny, we also uh, had the same question that if you, if your body can no longer fulfill your own vasanas, then if you are um, murdered by someone or something or whatever, then obviously it makes sense that your vasanas then carry on where they were to into another life. But who almost decides, because obviously when, when you die, I guess you can't say, yeah, well, yeah, naturally, then that means your body can no longer fulfill your desires. But if you, you know, for example, like very young people, even children, when they have sort of lifetime illnesses or things like that, then who decides that occurrence? Who decides that occurrence? This is once again, cause and effect, you see. Some, whatever you are experiencing now, must have some cause you've put in the past. Now, the cause is not directly one-to-one, just because you killed someone, someone's going to kill you. It doesn't work like that. It's a resultant. All the causes you've put, you, sometimes you may do something and think, why did this happen? You don't know what you, what cause you put in, but this is the effect. So whatever you're experiencing is due to some cause you have put in. And you're experiencing, for example, we are having this group discussion. Yeah. Some cause you have put in the past, which has brought you to this group discussion, and we're talking about spiritual aspects of life. So some cause you put in has manifested in us having this discussion. For you to learn about spiritual spirituality is some good cause you've put in, and this is the effect. That's why they say you're very fortunate if you come across this subject not come across this subject, but get um, into this subject, want to learn more about this subject, you must have put some good causes for this effect. That's why they say, so don't miss the opportunity. It comes very rarely. This knowledge comes very rarely to people's doorsteps and people open the door and let them in. Very rare. So that's the effect. The, the world is based on cause and effect. In the microcosm and the macrocosm, which is what we discussed on Sunday. Any other clarifications, additions? Satish, please. Yeah, we discussed that um, we've come into this world because of our desires, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I have a desire that I want to be born next, that my next lifetime into a multi-million, multi-million house, multi-million um, family, mm-hmm. but we are being taught here to reduce our desires. Mm-hmm. So how would we progress in that scenario? So I missed the first bit. You said you may have a desire for what, sorry? We discussed that we are born because we have desires, right? Yeah. So that's why we come back to this um, lifetime, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if my desire was that uh, I want to 
live in a multi-million pound house, be a multi multi-millionaire in my next lifetime. So would I go into that um, next lifetime as a multi-millionaire? But we are being taught here that we should reduce our desires. So how would you contemplate both of them? First of all, you've reached that desire already, I think. So this not yet. You have to wait till the next lifetime. <laughs> Long way to go yet. <laughs> Magna. I was going to say that if we, on one hand, if you're, if that is a desire, you, and then on this hand that we're studying this and realize that we have to reduce our desires, we're reducing them because we understand that that first desire isn't going to bring you the happiness that you want. And therefore mm. it'll probably just eliminate itself. Okay. Anyone else? just exactly what i was going to say it's understanding what we what you want in life mm -hmm. and what's important in life how many million pounds will not get you to the self mm. but he wants both if you want both you can't have both and that's the reality no. of life. but his desire is for both you need to come out of the dreaming state and into the waking state <laughs> and reduce that desire. No name callings here. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. This is a group discussion. This is, more, you know, we, we enjoy ourselves. We, you know, talk about this thing in a lighthearted way. No, um, no, no. Satish has, so has a very good question here, by the way. Yes. Anybody else? Would like to, yeah, Megna. Would it be that the stronger desire of the two would manifest? Yeah, definitely. That is the stronger of the desire is the one that will take over. Which is more stronger? And as Dharma said, it's difficult to fulfill both. If you fulfill the first one, then you may reach that goal and think, you know what, I've reached this state, but it's not what I thought it would be. I'm not that happy. I've got a million pound house and I'm, I've got a, I'm a millionaire, but I don't have, there's no happy, I'm, I'm still not happy. So obviously those desires are not bringing me happiness because you understand it, because you read about it. Let me pursue the other side. Maybe that'll bring me the happiness I'm looking for. Some people have to get to that stage before they realize, or some people may read about it and be inspired and forget about that and just go straight for the spiritual side. So which is the deeper, stronger desire? And secondly, one other thing is the resultant desire. So all the, all the past actions you put in, they all have a resultant desire, which is what it is now. So you may have a desire to win the lottery right now, but it's not going to happen. What, even though it's really, really strong, it's not going to happen. It's the total desires, which direction are they going? Any other additions, clarifications? So whichever one is stronger, just take that. Whichever one is stronger is where you'll take you, Satish. Mm, thank you. Does that help? No, uh, it's a little bit uh, ambiguous. Does that help you? Does it clarify? It helps because obviously at, in our current lifetime, we've been taught to reduce your desires. And I think yeah. our class is helping us that if we reduce it, it's better because yeah. then, um, you know, you're not going to... Uh, you, you're not living in a, you know, cloud nine thinking that you're going to make it. If you're not going to make it, forget it, right? Just do whatever is uh, available for us at this current stage and be happy with that. And I think if we reduce the desires even better because yeah. you know, you're not going to attain it, so don't waste your time on it. So you should always be happy no matter where you are. That's the key to living life. Be always happy where you are with what you have and then aspire for more. Never base your happiness on future acquisitions or future fulfillment of desires. 
Always be content where you are now and what you have. And then you can aspire for more. Then you're living life to the fullest. Problem we have is that we say, if I get this, then I'll be happy. That never happens because desires are always increasing. So you're never happy. Yeah, it's insatiable. It's like fire. The more, the more wood you put in there, it doesn't say, oh, okay, I've had enough. We'll consume everything. So be happy where you are now, but aspire for more, whichever, whatever, whichever direction you're looking, looking at. As you, said, as, as you said before, we waste a lot of energy thinking about the past and the future when we should re re remain in the present. Yeah. Be in the present. Enjoy what you have now. Enjoy this moment right now. Then you're living your life to the fullest. Sherwin, did you have something to add? So you're holding your pencil up, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I will say something uh, regarding what Satish Bhai said. Yeah. I think uh, having desires to uh, achieve money at one point in our lives is not a bad thing because we are, mm -hmm. uh, the desire is if it's with, through hard work mm -hmm. and dedication. And then once you, the realization kicks in, you say, yes, I have that uh, intellect or that the the, the way of carving my wealth. But at the same time, once you start using your wealth in good ways as seva and uh, distribution of your wealth, then uh, you become a happier person because uh, you're, dis you're distributing your wealth. So you're earning to distribute for good causes. So there's no, in none of the scriptures they ever tell you that don't have the desire to earn wealth. Because when we come as human beings, we have, we are all here to, to attain something, to get something. And a lot of people will have it in them to, or have that intelligence to earn that money or the, mm. the know-how. So, so we're not condemning earning wealth here. We've never yes. said shouldn't uh, uh, earn wealth. So this is asking that the desires conflict. He has, if it has a desire for to be, uh, a material desire, but we're saying reduce the desire. How does he deal with that? So the stronger desire will take over. This is what we're saying. Oh. Yeah. So no one is condoning. In fact, if anything, it is difficult to uh, this to take this subject if you are not well off, because. Only if you're materially satisfied to a reasonable extent, your well-being, uh, you're fulfilled in all areas, then you can take this subject on. Otherwise, if you don't have food on the table, how can you even think about this topic, this subject? It's very difficult. You see? You see, your priorities is to look after your family, get a roof over your head, yeah? Have food on the table. Yeah, those are your priorities, how to live, to, to be able to fulfill your duties in life. Then when those duties are fulfilled, then you can think of spirituality. Until then, how can you even think about it? It's difficult. So that's why in the West, a lot of people get to that stage quicker than they're searching. Okay, now what? In a lot of the poor countries, they don't have the, they're not able to um, put in effort to understand it. So because they got hung, they're hungry or, you know, they don't have enough to live on. How can they even think about spirituality? So only if you get to a certain stage, you can do that. Last additions, clarifications? Megna. I was just gonna ask before on the cause and effect that we were yeah. speaking about. Um, is it correct to then say that everything good and bad that happens to us in our lifetime is 
a result of anything good or bad that we have done yeah. in this or previous lifetimes. Yeah, anything that happens to you, anything that's, that you're experiencing is due to your past actions. You can't blame anyone but yourself. Not the government, not this country, not China, not COVID-19, your actions, your past actions. Not your partner. You're the master of your life. You're the architect of your life. No one else. So put in good, good, uh, good, good action now, then you know the effect will be good. That's all you can do. Past you can't change. Put in the right action now, and then your future will change. Think before you do any negative action. What will be the repercussions of this before you do it? Now you're thinking. Now you've taken control of your life. If I cheat this person, what will be the effect of me? I'll have to endure? If I swear at this person, what will be the effects that I will have to endure? Think. That's why they say live by the scriptures and you can't go wrong. But can I ask a question then? Yeah. Um, sometimes you can be in a situation not of your making mm -hmm. um, and particularly perhaps in a work environment or somewhere where uh, you you, uh, you may have little control over uh, things that may happen, mm -hmm. and in that those situations, um, through this class, I feel I've learned that you have to develop certain, like create a certain toolbox, like, and, and so that it helps you to overcome those situations because that's something you may not have control over, but by behaving in a particular way, it will become less painful for yourself. Definitely. You, you, everything we learn here are tools for us to live life with. How you use it is up to you. you know, humility comes into it a lot. Right. Yeah. Opposite is ego. I know better. I know best. This is the way you should do it. That's the ego. It doesn't mean you don't have any input. There's a difference. You've been constructive or you're being egoistic. The first question we learn in the ashram is, I don't know. When you say, I don't know, that's humility. When you say, yes, I know. That's your ego. In a work situation, that could be interpreted as somebody who doesn't have any knowledge and you're not, you may not be good enough. So I think I'd be very careful about when I say I don't know too much. No, I don't mean it in a subject where you are trained to do your job. Yeah, yeah no, I know, I know what you mean. I, I think I was just saying. When we assert our ego, we're saying, yes, I know better. Yeah, not better. Yeah, that's the difference. We're yeah, talking about asserting your ego. Rather than listening to the other person, we assert our ego, I know better. That's the difference. That's your, so humility is opposite of that. You're listening and you're being constructive with whatever knowledge you have, if it helps that cause, that situation. That's the difference. Being aware. Sometimes you may know but not say anything. If, if the situation needs that, you would do that. Well, but then it's okay, I know. 
Okay, we've passed our time today. Being very constructive, considering we had no questions. I was clutching my head what we're going to talk about, but uh, I think you've all uh, done well. Thank you very much for your question. Thank there's you no, for your answer. There's no question, we've answered it as a group. There's no question that we cannot take up in this uh, forum. Yeah.